Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another illustrious episode of Before the Three Count. I am your host, unnamed host, aka Darkwing Duck, joined alongside my other co host. I am the terror that quacks in the night. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, actually, I guess that's you. Uh, yeah. So, so, as a result, then I, I must be the one, the only Osiris. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so yeah, um, we are post hot off the heels of uh, Elimination Chamber. Yes, uh, yes, uh, Perth, Australia, Australia. Uh, um, first ever paper, well, first ever premium live event. Indeed, and if you live here in the USFA, uh, you, uh, on, especially on the East Coast, you had to catch it live at five in the morning. Um, and I guess if you're on the West Coast, you uh, had to catch it at two in the morning. No, I'm yes. sorry. Yes, yes, yes yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those are for like the graveyard shift uh, uh, workers, employees. Um, <laughs> you know, now we have uh, replay. So, uh, if you, uh, you know, uh, at a certain age where you have a job, and have a family, you probably won't be up that early, or you might. Uh, when you just getting home from a graveyard shift. But uh, yeah, um, excuse me. Uh, it was uh, one for, one for the ages, I guess, uh, for Australia. That is. Down yeah, for sure, and uh, for Australia, and actually, I'll say all the Europeans were, were pretty happy uh, about the start time of the show because usually they're the ones that have to watch it at some crazy hour. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, uh, well, because I mean, now it's becoming the norm because you know, obviously, you have this, but then you also have uh, the, the Saudi premium live events, and those are also yes. like mid. Those are more like those midday. Are midday. Yeah. yeah, but still, like if it's a Saturday, you might be out with you know friends and family. Uh, if it's you know at like two two p.m. Uh, on the East Coast, that is, and you know probably early in the morning on the West West Coast. <clears throat> totally. And uh, but I guess since it's not pay per view anymore, it doesn't matter as much. Nope. No, but then again, you if you know we do have the internet, so you got you now you got to have spoilers. True. So if you if you want. To, I don't know. Sometimes, man, like I'll open my browser up just to like check my email or like pay some bills, and like boom, front center will be on like the like Yahoo News or Google. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's such a now in, in like uh, you know society, uh, you'll get like spoilers even like you don't look for it. No, that's that's very true. In fact, I I will stay off my phone. Like if I'm not watching the pay per view live. But like I, I try to completely stay off my phone. I, I definitely stay off of Google and YouTube. Yep. Um, and I try to even avoid any kind of social media because I'm like, ah, it's probably going to be in there somewhere. Exactly. Or then you might have your peer groups. Uh, my shoot you a text saying, "Oh, did you see what happened with so and so?" And then like, boom, bang, spoiled. Yep. You know? So yeah, for sure. And I, I usually, because uh, I've got a few people that that will text me about pay per view stuff. <laughs> and uh, usually I'll tell them ahead of time, like, you know, hey, just heads up. I won't be watching it live. Like, exactly. I'll let you know once I've seen it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So that, that's the, the, you know, you got your, your, your pros and cons of anything. Uh, so, yes. For sure. Um, no, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, side note, uh, just an interesting little tidbit I just learned. Um, in Germany, the, the premium live event was not called Elimination Chamber. What was it called? No Escape. Oh, okay, all right. I feel like that. I feel like that title has been has that ever been used before? Or am I just thinking 
the theme song, not the theme song, but the song from the Rocky Four soundtrack. <laughs> um, funny you say that because uh, with both the theme song from the Rocky Four uh, soundtrack and the pay per view that you're thinking of, it's not No Escape, but but similar. Um, so the pay per view that you're thinking of, I think, is No Way Out. Ah, okay, yes, yes, yes. Which is the song from Rocky Four? Well, no, the song from Rocky Four is No Easy Way Out. No Easy Way Out. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've watched that that montage where he's got the car with the flip up lights. You know. <laughs> oh man, the song is hey, it's catchy. I got you know. Uh, we all have those '80s uh, hard, he- heavy guitar riff montage uh, soundtracks like we used to. No, you're right. And Rocky Four, probably one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. I mean, you've got No Easy Way Out and Living in America. This is true. But then again, Rocky Three had Eye of the Tiger. That That's true, too. You know, so. Which, uh, another side tidbit. They actually used that, I think, a couple times in the WWF. Uh, not for, I don't know, for a theme song, but like for like a commercial break or some sort of promo pack. That's, I, I felt like I've, I've heard that. Um, I know Hulk Hogan definitely used it for his theme song uh, for a little bit. In fact, uh, yeah, I just watched uh, recently a clip of him. Um, this is, I think, when he first won the title from Sheik. Okay. Uh, he was using the song at that time period because, uh, yeah, he came running down to the ring and uh, to Eye of the Tiger. So how do they click um, clearance, like, uh, copyright, like, to, you know what I mean, uh, use well, that song? at that point... Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably pretty simple, especially because this is before pay-per-views and before, okay. you know, before things really got like serious with, you know, commercial and stuff like that. Yes. So, so it's probably pretty easy. And Rocky, as even though it's an iconic movie, it yep. wasn't as big at the time as it would become. But if this was the Eye of the Tiger, clearly was the third movie, so it had to been, you know, big in Americana. Uh, you know, a cinema at the time. For sure. But I feel Triple like... Mr. T and, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, definitely. But but it, with all of that, I think, you know, again, you tie into WWF and Hogan was in Rocky Three, Right. Um, you know, they'd end up using Mr. T. Um, Sylvester Stallone, um, a big wrestling fan. So, right. Uh, you know, I could see very easily Vince being like, hey, can we use this song? And Stallone being like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, Okay. You know, and again, this is before like major TV and stuff, and this is before you know, because when WrestleMania one came around, he, yeah. I think he was already using Real American at that point. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I so w- when they started WrestleMania one, was the initial because obviously it was uh, birth from the Piper, Lou Albana, and Cindy Lauper, you know, MTV thing. So when did they um, decide to pull in you know uh, Mr. T, uh, you know, into the you know. Uh, mix of things that's a great question uh let me see if i can find out some information on the google machine uh, yeah because it it's sort of almost random because like i said they already had you know lou sydney uh sydney lobner so obviously he was in the the music video and then obviously you know piper um you know was like the the villain in regards to the whole you know 80s rock star type of situation right you know and uh and they so would have it would have been very if, easy if to do Hogan Piper. Yes, uh, that's what I'm sure of. Like, Vince was the initial idea was like, let me, you know, um, capitalize off of MTV, or was he trying to capitalize off, off of Rocky Three? And uh, yeah, and that's what I'm looking up now. 
Uh, let's mm-hmm. see, because uh, there's a whole whole article. Uh, interesting. Uh, the story of Mr. T's involvement at the first WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. So let's. I'm looking this up now. Okay. Um, so to boost WrestleMania's Q rating, the WWF okay. employed two contemporary stars as a grand appeal to casual fans and other mainstream avenues. Okay. One was pop idol Cindy Lauper, yep. the corner for women's title challenger Wendy Richter. Oh yes, I forgot about her. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yep. I think and she was other... one. Of... No, go I ahead. Think was like, was she? Was she like? Was she like the Hogan equivalent of, of women's wrestling in that time? At that time, like... for sure. Yeah. Okay, but then she had like a beef with Mula uh, too, or am I thinking something? Someone else? No, you're right because she started off as one of Mula's girls. Okay. And, uh, I think it became one of those things where it's like, oh, because Moolah was handling the contracts and all that. Yeah, and probably taking uh, more than a five percent manager fee. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that's what their beef was all about. Yeah, I got you. This is so wild to me. Um, you know, just timeline of stuff. I'm like, wow, I wasn't even born yet when when uh, Rocky Three came out, and that's crazy to me. When did it come out? 81. So Rocky 1 was what, 79? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy like, to think that the first Rocky movie was in the 70s. Right? And if, like, it's funny because I think like I, I equate Rocky 3 with my childhood. And so it's wild to me that it wasn't even out yet when I was born. So was each movie two years a piece? Like a, or a part, I should say? I guess so. Okay. So four must have been like eighty three. Um, let's see. Hold on. Let me open up another page here. And did Rocky four come out? All right, Rocky four eighty five. Oh wow! So that was uh, actually a lengthy uh, time here uh, between three and four. Yeah. Do you think they made the decision, the right decision, with having T in with Hogan instead of like him tagging with like Stallone? Um. Yeah, I think so. One, I think Stallone probably would have looked small. Um. In there, I mean, everybody. Mr. T didn't look that big compared to everyone else as well. But he's a lot bigger than than Sly is. In height, are you talking about like stature? Both. Oh, okay. All right. Because I'm thinking Rocky's like real short. Yeah, but in Rocky 3, his physique like ballooned up. Oh, yeah. No, he got real jacked, but I'm like, even more so. And everything. Yeah, okay. I think he, he looked real small still next to everybody else. Well, yeah, well, Hogan is a legit, what, six, eight, six, six, six nine? Six, seven. Six, seven? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was always billed at six, eight. So I always figure, I'm like, oh, you subtract one or two inches. But T, he probably's maybe six feet, if that. Uh, let's see, Mr. T height. Oops. And oh, five ten. Wow. But then so Stallone was five ten. Five eight, five seven. Then. Now Stallone, I think, is even shorter than that. But uh, before I look up Stallone, just to let you know, so Mr. T five ten, uh, two thirty one. Oh, so he yeah, he a big big guy. Yeah. You know, because that's more than, it's what, about Kern Angle's weight? Uh, about that? 
Yeah, that's about Angle's weight. Same thing with maybe uh, Sheldon or Ben. Uh, Sheldon is a little heavier. Yeah, Sheldon's a little taller. A little. Too oh yeah, yeah, I think Sheldon's like six two. Yeah. Yep. So supposedly Stallone could be anywhere between five eight and five ten. Okay. Okay. Um, and anywhere between one hundred and sixty six and one hundred and ninety five pounds. Really, he do- he doesn't crack two hundred. I'm surprised. Yeah, but again, I mean, if he's shorter, you know, and he always kept a lean frame, like he was always real ripped. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that can also help, especially in Hollywood. That actually helps give the illusion of size. True, 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 true. I mean, even like guys like Michael Shawn Michaels, like you know, uh, walking weight uh, or height. I should say he's not that that tall. I believe. I think isn't he like another five eleven, five ten guy? Yeah, I met Michaels and he was shorter than me. So yeah, I would definitely put him five ten, five eleven. But then on on the screen, he looked you know like he can hold like size wise against a, a majority of the guys, like the mid card size guys, not like. The bigger dudes, you know, obviously, like the Diesels or the Hogan's or the Sids, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, yeah. the average height guys. No, for sure. For sure. And uh, it's such a funny thing. I feel like, uh, especially the more I'm learning, you know, we've got internet and everything now and kayfabe is like dead. It's like, wow, like a lot of wrestlers were like between 5'10 and 6 feet. Really? I would thought the average yeah. would be... I would thought the average would be more like six two to six four. You would think that, right? But like especially the, ads, like the attitude era guys. Yeah, like so. What's funny about that? Um, like the Rock and Billy Gunn are considered big attitude era guys. They're like six four, six five. Taker. Well, yeah, Taker's a whole his own special, you know. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Godfather. Also, I think he falls into his own special category. I mean, I uh, hold on. Let me think. Um, uh, add two guys. Uh, 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 the uh, what was the, the hillbilly tag team? Um, the Godwins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I think they were. like, yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 seem like big guys. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, six Triple four H. and six three. Yeah, Triple H. Yeah, Triple H is six four. I think. Yeah, so these are all. That's what I'm saying. These are like not. But, but you think about it, you know, that's only you know 15 out of like 100 guys. For the and for the guys, the roster yeah. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, guys like Ken Shamrock. Okay. Um, Steve Blackman, Hardcore Holly, Crash Holly. I think Steve Blackman, he probably up there in height, but you also have you know Farouk and um, Bradshaw. I think they're, they're like six something. Farouk, I don't think is that tall, and I'm just basing that Wait. on. Uh... All right, Blackman six two. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, let's see Ron Simmons' height, because uh, I met him, but, okay. but then again, I met him, you know, in his older years. Okay. Yeah, but you you don't shrink that much from you, you know, like <laughs> from your natural height. No, no, this says six two. Okay, all right. Simmons, so okay. Yeah, so- all right, well, let's say the add to era guys are above average, if you want to say, compared to other eras then. Maybe. Like, obviously, this, this current era is a lot of shorter guys, smaller guys. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Compared, like we were saying, like, when Billy Gunn's AEW, he looks like a giant amongst children. Oh, completely, completely. So, like I said, and he's an add to era guy. So we'll just say, you know, add to era 
put an asterisk, I guess, next to them. But they, <laughs> well, even the '80s cartoony guys were they relatively large, uh, height wise? Uh, some of them were, some of them weren't, and a lot of them wore lifts. Oh, okay. Well, I know Jericho, uh, even though he wasn't the '80s cartoony type, but I know uh, he had his. You can tell his yeah, boots. Like, had is, his is Jericho boots. an attitude era guy? <laughs> Whatever does Jericho count as? WCW, that was like during the Raw uh, versus Nitro Wars. So that was Attitude Era, but he was mostly in WCW during that time before he came yeah. over with the whole Y2J, which is yep. basically like 2000-ish. So Yeah, I think 99. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like 80s guys, Hogan was tall, obviously. Um... Wario, I think, was above six something. Uh, I feel like that. Let's see. Ultimate Warrior Heights. Trying to think of all of Hogan's opponents, many opponents. You know, uh, obviously, Bundy, Warrior was six two. Six two. Uh, I, I feel like you can't go off of Hogan's opponents though, because they they purposely always booked him against giants because they needed him to look like he had he had to overcome something. Well, well, uh, well uh, Macho Man. Let's see. Oh, actually, it's funny. I'm like, I started to go type it in. I'm like, oh, I went too fast. It's actually right here. 6-1. Okay. All right. So he's under 6-2. Uh, Bret Hart, 6 feet. Rick Rude, 6-3. Okay, six, Roddy six, Piper, 6 Yeah. Yep. Says Roddy Piper, 6 feet. Sting, 6-2. Rick Flair, 6-1. Okay. okay. But then again, I, I don't know how legit these are. These might just all be working heights, though, because we've got yeah, Andre yeah. listed at seven four. You don't think he was that tall? No, he definitely wasn't. Okay. So, so you, you so, all gimmick heights that you're reading yeah, off? These, these might be all gimmick heights, in which case that kind of proves my point then. Because if you let's just subtract one inch from all these people, that will put Savage at six feet, Bret Hart at five eleven, Rick Rude at six two, Piper mm-hmm. at five eleven. Sting mm-hmm. at six one, Flair at mm-hmm. six feet. Well, how would you find out? Yeah, how would one find out their so you know real height? <laughs> yeah, their like biological height. Like <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. All right. Well, we sort of uh, deviated off the <laughs> road. Uh, I know we were initially discussing uh, elimination chamber uh, in Australia. But since you have the um, Google machine uh, up and ready, um, if you want to break us down by, uh, uh, we'll go over the matches or, you know, highlights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because there was quick major cameras, right? Male and female? Yes, there was. Yeah. Do you like gimmick matches and they have the two different genders, have their own versions of these uh, matches? I personally do not. Okay, well, how come? Um, I, I just feel like it's putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> i never heard of that before. And, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, oh, like, you've already got one. You don't need another. And it could go either way. Like, I don't mind if you did just a women's um, Elimination Chamber match. Okay. Like, but, but yeah, I don't think you need both. Okay. Um, but before I get into the Elimination Chamber... Uh, and, wow, I'm looking at uh, this picture of Mr. T, and I'm like, man, he must have been on the gas. How come? Um, I never thought of him like as a guy on the gas, but I'm looking at him. I'm like, nah, he's pretty big. He's he's kind of ripped. So I'm like, man, was this during uh, Rocky Three time or 18? 
uh, time. This is uh, this picture. I think is for WrestleMania one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Oh, before uh, we get into the the EC, um, yes. Uh, you know, some unfortunate news. Uh, oh yes, ten bell salute. Yes, of uh, uh, Virgil as well as um, uh, Ole Anderson. He as well uh, passed. Oh, uh, that's right. A couple days but, ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, more my childhood was get to Virgil the Million Dollar Man. Uh, so, uh, you know, more memories attributed to that, especially when he was able to uh, become a, a face. He had a huge pop. Uh, I believe it was, what, Survivor Series? Where he, like, sort of got his um, shining moment. Was that Survivor Series? Um, I got to think about this, because it was SummerSlam, I think, that he actually wrestled the Million Dollar Man and won the Million Dollar Belt. Is that the uh, one we had, the, we had, like, the Peppermint Stripe tights? Yes. Okay, so that's one I probably remember. And he had Piper in his corner. Yeah, because I was actually surprised. Like, he was, like, very athletic. Because towards the end of his career, he really, rarely had, like, you know, standout uh, single matches. So when I saw, when, as a kid seeing him, you know, actually get down in the ring, I was quite surprised instead of just being, like, the, the henchman for the, you know, million-dollar man. Yes, um, and it's interesting. I, I'd be curious to see some of his uh, stuff he did before WWE. Because, what promotion? Uh, he worked, you know, the the territories. I don't know which one specifically. Okay. Um, I feel like he was somewhere down south. Um, okay. I want to say he wrestled as something Jones. Um, in fact, let's while well, we've got the Google machine up, might as well. Yep. Virgil. Not Publius Virgilius Maro. That's not what we're looking for. Yeah, because was that like Dusty Rhodes's? Uh... Actual That's name, Dusty Rhodes. Actual name, yeah. Yeah, Virgil. <clears throat> there we go. Sixty-three. All right, Michael Jones is his Michael actual Jones. name. Mike okay. Jones. Yes. <laughs> um, and he used to wrestle as Soul Train Jones and Curly Bill. Soul Train Jones. All right. Uh, uh, what was the number that Mike Jones would always say in his raps? Uh, the number? I'm not sure. I, I like to think of Mike Jones. Yeah, but he said like a number. He was like, uh, that was like his gimmick. He would always say his like phone number in his raps. Let's see. But, uh, Jones. You can try to call his cell phone number. He's like, <laughs> Back then they didn't want me. Mike yeah, Jones, 281-330-8004. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Interesting. But... Apparently he would do that uh, so that people couldn't book fake uh, shows. Oh, okay. Like, okay. so the call wasn't coming from that number. Like, it's not him. Yeah, yeah you get janky promoters. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, uh, you know, 10 bell salute for uh, Virgil, uh, you know, as well as Ole Anderson, one of the founding members of the uh, Four Horsemen. Um, yes. Big in NWA, and, you know, I guess he had his, uh, you know, good good side and bad side. Like, you know, I guess everybody has their dualities, but it seems like sure. a lot of guys were having mixed, uh, you know, speak on with mixed feelings, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, but kind of old fashioned, you know, what I mean, like good old boys, so it sort of makes sense. Absolutely. Quick so. side note: um, mm-hmm. 
Virgil as uh, Soul Train Jones yep. was one half of the AWA Southern Tag Team Champions with with Rocky Johnson. Oh wow! So who had the Soul Man name first then? Well, Rocky Johnson was Soul Man. Vir- Virgil okay. was Soul Train. Oh okay. So, but they both were rocking the Soul name. Yes. Oh okay. So Soul All Man right. Rocky Johnson and Soul Train Jones. The okay. AWA Southern Tag Team Champions. What was Virgil's uh, finisher? Was it a dropkick? Um, nah, as a in WWF, I feel like he was using um uh, was he using a million dollar dream. I don't know. I thought he was using like small packages to you know the, the roll ups to beat people. It seemed like quite possibly. Um, but I feel like his actual finisher was either the million dollar dream or the the toy because I had his toy. It did a punch. And I'm like, was that the thing? Because they, they were playing off him being a boxer. I don't know. And did he have a ba- boxing background? Not in actuality, no. Okay, okay. All right. But they uh, but they did uh, try to play that up in WWF. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, our 80s staples uh, slowly fading away. I mean, that's for the course as you get older but it just seems like it's you know happening more and more yes no it's uh it's a sad thing um and you say you tell me uh, offline that he was going through some some issues too you know health concerns so i guess this wasn't sort of as um sudden as one would think if with those type of situations Yes, no, he was battling, um, I believe, either dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, I'm reading his Wikipedia right now. My mind is being blown. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was in AEW from 2019 to 2020, and I am not remembering it for the life of me right now. You think he was on Dark most of the time and not Rampage? No, this says um, he was part of Chris Jericho's inner circle. Oh, okay, and you never saw his, you never saw his face pop up. I don't remember it, and I'm oh. like, I mean, I had to have seen it, but that's so crazy to me that I don't remember it. But yeah, it said uh, as Soul Train Jones, he was part of the inner circle. Okay, okay, all right, all right, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, rest in paradise. Uh, yes. Hope you know. Uh, hope you know. Condolences to his uh, friends and family. <clears throat> Yes, definitely. Uh, other interesting thing. Apparently, uh, he became a high school math teacher uh, in Pittsburgh in 2000. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say. Um, yeah, I think he, uh, Mick Foley alluded to in his, um, you know, uh, uh, eulogy that he wrote on, online that he was, you know, from the uh, Pennsylvania Pittsburgh area. So, yeah, a lot of guys from Pittsburgh, you know, got got you know, big into the business. Obviously. Um, uh, 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 Larry Bisco, I think, is one. Shane Douglas is another. I, I don't know. Is Bruno Sanatino was he from Pittsburgh or New York? Uh, I think Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Because, yeah. uh, yep, of course, you know, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, uh, yeah, so like Pittsburgh in the wrestling community has a nice little hub, definitely. Uh, can definitely hold its own with Minnesota, yeah, but Minnesota had all like the. The, the big E approved guys. Yes. <laughs> big I was uh, slapping man meat. 
Yeah, had uh, Rick Rude, had the Road Warriors, and Mr. Perfect, had um, uh, Re- uh, well, Smash on Demolition, um, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, but he was obviously a different time, but he's still from the Minnesota area. Yes, uh, yeah. Am I forgetting anybody else? Oh, um, the Russian dude. Uh, Akita Koloff. Yeah, uh, from there as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I think about it. goodness gracious, uh, Minnesota had you know, nice little uh, 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 talent roster of uh, guys, but then yeah, I was listening to an interview from Smash from Demolition, and like five of them got you know, five of them, like Rude and Perfect and uh, the War Rollers and himself, they all went to like they grew up like basically like from one another, like in the same neighborhood, same school, so. Yes, of course. Basically, they all bounced at the same bars. So yes, yep. Um, I want to say, oh, barbarian. He's from there also. Wait, I uh, no, not barbarian. Not barbarian. Um, Berserker. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Berserker. Oh yes, John Nord. Yes. yes, yes, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they all like pretty much grew up. So it'd be like the equivalent of like. You're like your main crew, and all basically like getting discovered at like a bar that you were bouncing at, and then boom, you're in the business. Right. Be the equivalent of my main crew if we were all like 6'4, 250. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, size back then uh, did not hurt. Well, show. Well, show. They all became big. Like, I don't think no one else, I mean, Berserker, maybe his career wasn't as long lasting as the other guys, but like, they Pretty all. Memorable. Right, they all had their their, their, their shining light, which is remarkable. No, Other than sure. like, you know, you got Canada, obviously, mostly like the guys from the dungeon. Uh, you know, so Alberta obviously is a staple. Then you got your guys from um, um yep. uh, Pittsburgh. Like I was just saying, I'm trying to think. Well, any other? Um, now I think about it. Are there any other like hub cities similar that have these homegrown talent that became you know long lasting stars? Um, that's a great question. I'm trying to think now. Uh, I don't think so. The the closest other thing really is uh, the, of course, the famous OVW class uh, of 2001. But I mean, all of those people are from different places. True. Yeah, and that was a developmental, uh, you know, territory uh, that you know yeah. everybody. Yeah, like you said, came from different parts of the country too. So yeah. I guess that in my head I thought there was more homegrown places, but yeah, it's pretty much did Flair train in Minnesota or no? I feel like he did actually. Let me double check on that. Okay. But yeah, I think because uh, wasn't he initially a powerlifter before he got into the business? Um, something like that. He played. Uh, I know he played football in high school. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, he might have been a power lifter. Let's see. For those uh, listening to the podcast, well, I guess technically nobody's listening right now. It's, it's me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but for those at the time that this is playing and you are listening to it, uh, th- this is a fun historic episode of Before the Three Count. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying. We're, we're jumping out of DeLorean going 85 miles per hour. Yes. To the future. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, if, yeah, if, our... 
Speaking of the future, uh, say that with all the things that Flair has gone through and, you know, he's gone through a lot. Could you see, could you think that he has such a second win now in today's day and age with the, the, the younger audience uh, as far as, you know, being all over commercials and music videos and the standard th- uh, third? I definitely did not see that coming. Okay. Because it seems like where you would think Hogan would have that position right now. Obviously, he had his, that whole situation that, you know, uh, he went to court for. But like it seemed like Flair's value has somewhat gone up while Hogan's has not gone down, but like it hasn't really been elevated to social media uh, era. And uh, no, I, I feel you. Uh, and first, I guess, side note, Flair was trained by Vern Gagne. Oh, okay. And Vern, that was Minnesota, right? AWA? Yeah, yep. Okay, all right. So, part of that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's interesting because if you had asked 20 years ago, no question the, the thought would have been, oh, yeah, you know, Hogan's going to have probably another resurgence, as he always seems to do. Yep. Um, and, but, but, yeah, he, uh, unfortunately due to what I what I honestly think was a uh, what do I want to call it a, a poor poor expression of anger mm-hmm. um, you know uh, due to a poor expression of anger being caught you know mm-hmm. it definitely tarnished his image and reputation uh, and it, an interesting thing I think it's tough when you're when you're known as the goody two shoes yeah, uh, you know it's very easy to fall from that. You know, look at Tiger Woods. Yeah, we uh, said the same situation. Yeah, with uh, Will Smith, and at one point, you know, we said somewhat with in you know, the Rock situation. Uh, you know, that's why he sort of dipped into his heel back. Uh, but yeah, yes. see, yeah, Tiger Woods. Um, you know, what, what was that quote like? The what uh, like if you, once you become a hero, the longer you the longer you're a hero, you become the villain, or something like oh, that. Uh, you you either. You either live long enough to become a villain or you die. No, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. Right, exactly. So, you know, and that's why people whose, like, lives have been, were, like, cut, you know, in their prime, like, say, like, like Tupac, for example, like, he's such, held up to high, high esteem, like, would he still have that reverence, say, if he still, if lived in today's day and age, you know what I mean? Not if he was behaving the way he was back then. Like he could right. be on Twitter, like acting wild, and people would be like, "Who's this crazy guy?" Yeah. So if Hogan had, like, say, you know, I don't, you know, wish no, you know, unfortunate on nobody, but like, say, you oh, know, his, you know, his career was cut at the prime, like at '80s Hulkamania was, you know, running wild. I think he would be like, you know, legend status at this point, or like untouchable. Oh, completely! Imagine it. Imagine if Hogan passed away in like 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, it'd be the you know, so it's some sort of horrific like was, you know plane crash go, or something. I would even go further, like during the whole NWO run, because you know before you know uh, this was before social media and people went online. So like right during like 99, 98, like where it was like rating season through the roof. I think that would like etch them into like nobody would be able to surpass them. <laughs> Oh, that's true, actually. Uh, yeah, so good. Cause, yeah, they'd be like, "Wow, he reinvented himself as a exactly. heel, changed the business." Exactly. And uh, yeah, and especially because if WCW still went out of business after that, they'd be like, "Well, yeah, of course it did," because they didn't have Hogan. Like, yeah, they'd be like top legendary. Star. Exactly. But now in social legendary media, Super it, Saiyan it comes around once every thousand <laughs> years. 
<laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, now like with social media, people can like go all throughout your your life story, background from like whatever wrongdoing you did, and they will put a micro you know, microscope over to the whole whoever's watching, and then just go through your you know your whole archive, which you know could. It's a blessing and a curse, like we, you know, we say in the past, but for sure. And with Hogan, his probably the his greatest gift and also his biggest curse is that he's a great worker. Yes, yes. And also in the seventies and eighties, that that's a great time to be a great worker. Exactly, but it, and with social media though, it's now before like if we saw like a flaw in like a Hogan, it would just be you know we would like discuss it over the telephone. Now right. with like. Twitter and all that, you can have that same, you know, take on somebody. The you know another person, in another state will have that same take, and then so forth and so forth, where it can grow. And then all of a sudden, you got this flame burning of like people like not really gravitating to your once wholesome cookie, uh, you know, cookie image. Completely, completely. Which I think now, because now like the big thing is like, well, Hogan is like his truth I guess as far as like the stories he's telling so when people hear the outlandish story from him that gets like blasted all over social media so now right. it look it, you know hurts his character not character but like his brand uh, yeah it hurts his character because that you know people feel like he's a liar right and, when, uh, when once in the 80s you could probably you know say that on like Arsenio would be like oh yeah I saved like 50 children from a burning building and everybody would be like oh wow and then you know be all good Right now, exactly. Yeah, now, if you said that two seconds after that, so people would be fact checking, and then you know, so <laughs> rapping that part. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know, completely, and that's the and that's the tough thing, and that's why I say it's his greatest gift and his greatest curse mm-hmm. is because yeah, he's a great worker, and that's the whole thing about being a worker is like you're telling stories and making people believe things, like and coming across as larger than life. And exactly. Again, in the seventies and eighties. That was a great time to, to be that, to do that. Exactly. Uh, because when you think about it, at the time, the audience were actual marks in regards to the definition of a carny. Like, if you were at a, you know, uh, a circus or whatever, and, uh, 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 you know, uh, one of them, show, like a traveling show, like, there were actual audience marks that were like, you know, like magicians. They have people believe in their trick. Yeah. Now yeah. in wrestling, though, unfortunately, you know, magicians, you can still probably fool people, but in the wrestling world, it's been exposed so much. It's hard to fool the the average, you know, fan. It, it is, and what's uh, what's what's funny is, you know, with magicians, yeah, they they still can fool people, and, yes. and but the thing is, we we all know they're doing a trick. Yes. Here, here's the thing: wrestlers can still fool people too. We, right. But we we all know they're doing a trick. Right, right, right. But when you here's a great example you, I'll give Big Show's knockout punch. Yes. I still can't figure out the magic behind that. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, I, and I'm in the business. Right. But I think with with Hogan's situation, he still thinks people are the old time Carney marks. So when he tells these elaborate stories, I think that's what he has in his brain that like, oh, they'll believe me because they're marks in my character, not knowing we're like in the we ex- not expose everything, but we want to know the facts as quickly as possible if you're, you know, legit or not. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, that kind of came up, I guess, in the Gawker trial. Um, and, <clears throat> and a big part of his lawsuit was, uh, and to this day, I, I will always love this, that this was said in court. Um, <laughs> 
Um, you know, and for this reason also, I'm really hoping that the Vince McMahon thing goes to trial because I can imagine the wild things that will have to be said in a courtroom. Uh, if it does, uh, but 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 one of the things that I, I, I to this day love was where uh, he said um, part of the reason for the lawsuit is they were portraying they they were selling the tape as Hulk Hogan sex tape. Yep. And Hulk Hogan has a ten inch penis. Yep. That was Terry Bollea on tape with a six inch penis. Ah, okay, he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, I think, do you think he knows, like when he, like, and, and it's hard, do you think he's, when he's telling these, you know, stories of like, oh, when I slammed Andre, he was like dead, like the next week or something like that, and like, all these <laughs> in his head, is he's doing this for like sale value, is he trying to work people, or in his mind, like, he actually thinks like, this is like, his truth? I... I think he's worked himself into a shoot. Would that be, you know, like I, I think, yeah, like I think he's worked himself to the point where, like, he's like, yeah, this is how it went, brother. So, so yeah, so you're saying like almost equivalent when, when actors are in, in character twenty four seven, they don't know how to leave that character. Right. Exactly. Exactly like that. Okay. All right. Well, th- that begs another question. Then you, as in the business. Uh, have you seen people do that or for yourself have you ever felt like you couldn't separate yourself from your actual you know uh, person um hmm, let me think about that one it's funny as far as seeing other people do it yeah not so much in person but well actually I I may have a decent example in person Um, but first I want to talk about uh, Pillman I mean you know I think he's a great example yeah the uh, loose gim- uh, 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 loose cannon. Yes, um, yeah. you know I feel like he was almost equivalent to uh, Heath Ledger. You know. Yeah, that's uh, a that's 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 a good uh, good example because that's what they said. Like, because he basically that was like almost like the ultimate gimmick to fool the fans and the boys in the back. They said um, now that was a very dangerous teetering the line in, in between you know for yourself reality and, and your character. But yeah. Yeah. I guess also you say uh, Andy Kaufman to a degree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Andy Kaufman. Throw him but I think in there. Kind of like he had more control over. Like he knew he was working audiences and, and whomever. I don't, I don't yes. know with Brian Pillman. Like I think he was all about that twenty four seven. Yeah, I think with Pillman. Well, I think Pillman started as a gimmick, and then yeah, it became who he was. Yeah, and it didn't help that you know he was recovering from. Uh, his ankle injury from the car accident. I was going to say, do you think that helped propel his situation? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the drug use uh, for that um, and being given the time off, uh, Jim Ross has often talked about how he thinks, you know, the worst thing that happened for Pillman was uh, WWE telling him to stay home and and get better. Why? Because he got bored? Yeah, like Ross thinks, you know, just him sitting at home just in pain and, you know, that that's just no good for him. Like, if he was yeah, at least, if, you know... Yeah, but if he was working, he would have been in pain, right? Well, if he didn't have to wrestle. R- Ross thinks if he, if he would have at least been allowed to, you know, manage or to be in any kind of uh, situation where, okay. you know, he was allowed to be out and get his creativity out and everything. Got you, got you, got you. Okay. And that would have okay. been better. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if if, if any have you ever felt yourself slipping it uh, with your characters in and out, you know, separated. Have you ever felt yourself slipping in and out with your characters? Like, have you felt like felt that? Uh, it's funny, actually. Um, so, no, I don't want to give out this information yet uh, in regards to. Uh, you know, we're going to pick up on this. We're, we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks. Uh, okay. A couple weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on it and talk about have I ever had uh, issues with separation with my gimmick. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, but uh, do you think that's a good thing for performers or a bad thing? Like, the more that they get into their character, uh, do you feel like that helps them protect project their character to the audience to you know make the fans more involved in the the show the the more the character believes it the more the fan believes it okay because i we forgot um i would say uh warrior kind (laughs) of really (laughs) the man changed his name (laughs) and uh yes yes you know warrior warrior everything like And sure. he was, even had his has family. I think his his family changed their name. His wife and daughter, didn't they? Aren't their last names Warrior? Yeah, because yeah, he changed his his last name to Warrior. So his first name is Warrior, and his last name is Warrior. Yeah, so uh, he definitely bought into his character for sure. And I guess to an extent, he believed everything. I mean, even the crazy stuff that he said, um, you know, to an extent, he uh, I think he believed it, some of it. Mm-hmm. He's basing it off of who who he is as a person. Right, right, right. In the whole war. But then also, Warrior was almost like like a way of life too. Like the way that he projected it to like the fans was like a, like a, like a, you know, how you handle yourself. You know, the Warrior way. Yes. You know, and that is definitely something he believed in. And, uh, Very samurai. Actually, yes. Um, and he used to have a website. I'm going to look to <laughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> look to see if it's still available now. Um, because his website was full of literally, it was called like Warrior Wisdom. Okay, like yeah, little, little isms. Yes. Didn't uh, you uh, subscribe to his newsletter at one point? I did. Um, because yeah, I was big into him and his philosophies. I was gonna say, were they actual like thought provoking, or were they like just random fortune cookie sayings? I mean, some of them were kind of crazy. Uh, okay. For example, one that I'll, I'll never forget is, uh, <laughs> you know, he would say like, "Oh, you know, they say chewing um, food burns, you know, so many calories. But yep. what if you chew your food like a warrior? Then you can burn twice as many calories." Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, there could be a gem somewhat in that. <laughs> um, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, Interesting. So I, I went to uh, ultimatewarrior.com. Uh, yep. I'm as I'm thinking about it, I'm positive that was not the website. Okay. But this is uh, looks like it's a website being run by a fan. Um, oh, it's not his family. I don't think so. I mean, it could be. no, no, it's not. I'm looking at. It. I'm like, if it was his family, this would be a lot more professional. I think. And, yeah. 
Okay. Be like, this is the official thing. Okay. Um, but he has uh, a couple quotes here from the warrior. Okay. He has a uh, intensity. Life is not worth living without it. Always believe, warrior. Okay. Um, then it says, uh, is the art of a madman to pursue impossibilities, Marcus Aurelius. And then after that, it says, be a madman. Warriors are. Live your life not only pursuing impossibilities, conquer and fulfill them. Always believe, warrior. Nice. So it's very uplifting, motivating, um, uh, gems that he, he would drop throughout. Yes. Ooh, I like this. I think I'm going to have to keep this one. Okay. Uh, and put on your water jug. Yes. Uh, th- this one here I've got. I will show no mercy, nor have any belief whatsoever in how others judge me, for my greatness will silence them all. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That just all BS. That must the haters. The haters. Right? <clears throat> I can dig that. Oh, this is some good stuff, actually. We've got... Uh, Master yourself, or someone else will. Always believe, warrior. Okay, yeah. I mean, someone will take advantage of it if you don't, you know, stay on your P's and Q's. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, perfect. Uh, it was persistent repetition manifest excellence? Or, That's a little uh, vague, somewhat. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> Oh, here we go. Do in your life and with your life what will live forever. Okay. Uh, a little, once again, vague, but, you know, uh, make an impact, I guess, and I'll outlast you. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, positive impact. You don't want to do something scandalous. That no, will no. also outlive you, you know, <laughs> outlive you as well. <laughs> completely, completely. Now, his comic book. I know you had like the first couple of issues of it. Uh, um, was I think it... there was only one issue, if I recall. He did like for several like years that he had his comic. No, I think it only was one issue. Oh, so was it an adventure of him like stopping evil, or was this like more quotes of him to like motivate people? Yeah, no, it was like him as like a superhero character. Oh, okay, stopping, stopping evil. Um, we're gonna end it with this last warrior quote here because this one's an interesting one. Um, okay. If man is created in the image of what is perfect, and as it has been proven, man is a God-oriented being, then leave perfectibility on the table as the goal man should strive to reach. Hmm. I don't know. I like I mean, the... Despite the, the grammar. <laughs> yeah. It still like, felt like a run-on sentence, but uh, I somewhat picked up uh, at, the, at the end when you said it, but I like the other quote. Uh, you read um, like two quotes ago, uh, but not. Nah, yes. But yeah, I just found that one interesting. I'm like, okay, like, and yeah. it, you know, and I think that gives great insight into the mind of Warrior. Like, he's like, yeah, oh, like God is perfect, and we're made in God's image, so we can be perfect too. Like, we should try. What I curious is when did um, Warrior? When did Jim Hedwick? leave and warrior became warrior you know what i mean like when did he grab on that that concept of you know the whole warrior mantra and like it was like all right i'm gonna make this me now going forward into in my in-ring and out-of-ring life you know what i mean yeah 
Um, that's a great question. Um, See, that's what, like, if they did, like, I know they did biographies about him and stuff like that, but, like, that would have been a cool thing that they would shed light on, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the regular business aspect of him being in the WWF, but, like, on a more personal, philosophical level, when did he, like, make that that change? You know, same, same thing with, um, like, Bill Man or, like, any of the people we, you know, mentioned who said, you know, got into their character, you know, 100%. Like, when did they be like, all right, this is where I'm going to adapt this character well, and... With Warrior, I wonder was Jim Helwig always that guy? I don't know because it sounded like when he was first in the business, he was very uh, quiet. Uh, yes, but so, you can be quiet and have these beliefs. That's true, but something uh, propelled him to use that personality and put that on on like wear it uh, as a badge of honor compared to just keeping it to himself. Well, I think probably once he got to the point of being the top guy in WWF. Yeah, um, you know he he now had validation for his beliefs because um, even uh, I, I've watched some videos of his fairly recently. Um, he's got like some uh, he didn't put them together. Uh, someone someone put them together online. Some like motivational quote videos of his, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's like him training these kids, and he's like you know squat till you effing puke play you know he's like that's what i had to do to become great if you want to be great that's the levels you have to go to like so he believes in overtraining oh yeah no question (laughs) which i guess could be good but also you can injure yourself very quickly yes definitely i mean (laughs) at the end of the day you know it's uh it's about finding the right level of intensity um you know, and pushing yourself without pushing yourself too far, but you know, not tearing any tendons, right? But you know, then again, I, I never main evented a WrestleMania, so this is there's true. something to be said for Warriors. Way could have worked. Um, yeah. which here's a name if would you say if they got into the character too much or uh, they were in it perfectly? Uh, Scott Steiner, um. I mean, I feel like he's another one where he he was that guy. So that was basically like just him, like twenty percent or thirty percent of the personality, but then like dialed up to one hundred percent once he got to you know uh, big pop uh, big pop pump. Yeah, I, I think. I don't uh, know when he, gives, when he gives interviews, he does sound very short with the interviewers. Like he doesn't want to be there, but like I think he still has to put on that old-fashioned gimmick of, like, that's his character to a degree. Like, he's not breaking kayfabe. But he doesn't seem as, you know, intense. I would, you know... But then he is older, so maybe that's why. Well, yeah, I think now he's just chill, you know. He's an older, older, more chill guy. True. Um, But I think... But I think, yeah, uh, you hear the stories of when he was younger and him being a hothead and a bully and... um, Which, uh, it's funny, I love uh, Disco Inferno's trying to stick up for the Steiners and say they weren't bullies. Okay. uh, He's like, oh, he's like, you know, we go out. He's like, no, he's like, you know, they just like playing pranks on people and stuff. Like, you know, they, they took me out um, on the, uh, what do you call those things? Not a uh, 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 jet ski. He's like, you know, they okay. took me out on the jet ski. He's like, you know, yeah. but then they'd like knock me over and, you know, then they'd like circle me like a shark. And if I tried to get back on, they'd knock me back over. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's bullying. Like, you know, uh, especially because what are you going to do about it? Like, that's the whole thing of being a bully. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah so they're like weaker than you. Three times their size. Well, yeah. I mean, 
I don't want to say bullying per se. That could just be a, a way that people say that they like you, but they'll just mess yes. with us. Yes, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's malicious. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, like I think they're just having fun when they do these things to people. Exactly. Like they can probably be malicious if they wanted to, but yeah. Yes. You know, um, and it's funny. Like uh, I'm, I'm always curious about that. You hear about Scott Steiner and DDP, and them getting into a fight in the back and everything. Really? Uh, Who won? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, DDP. DDP puts it best. He, he says, you know, he was on top of Steiner when when he got pulled off. But if there okay. weren't six people there, he, yep. he would have gotten killed. Uh, he got him to the ground at least. Yeah, well, he's the one that attacked Steiner. Oh, so he, he like sucker punched him or something? I think so. Let's hold on. We've got the uh, Google machine here. Let's let's give some accurate uh, was this information. When, was this when Steiner was going crazy on his uh, promos? And he said he had like yellow teeth. Oh, was that, was that Flair? Piper? That was Flair that he said that about. He was saying that uh, DDP's wife was flirting with him. Oh, he got mad about that. I think so. Yeah, but wasn't she? Wasn't um, Kimberly one of the, uh, the Nitro girls? Yeah, but she was DDP's so, wife. Right, but I'm saying it wasn't like it wasn't a, a gimmick storyline that they were doing. Like he just I, he just went off the cuff when he made the remark. I think so. Oh, so he was Let's shooting. See. Yeah. Oh, okay. So was this during the Russo era during WCW? Um, let's see, I'm he looking was, it up he now. Making, he was making folks do sh- uh, shoot promos left and right. Right. Um, okay, so this is this is interesting. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the year 2000. So yeah, I feel okay. like that's the Russo okay. era. <laughs> and uh, so Steiner, so apparently... <laughs> Apparently, uh, some kind of drug was found backstage. Womp womp. Yes. Uh, and Kimberly uh, reported it uh, oh. as belonging to Tammy Sitch. Oh, wow. Um, nope. AKA Sonny, for those that don't know. No one likes snitching. And uh, no one likes snitching. And apparently, Big Papa Pump, especially, does not like snitching. <laughs> snitches get snitches. Uh, I know. Speaking of Sonny, did she get a, a lengthy. Um... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. like thirty or twenty years, something like that, before uh, uh th- for parole. I think thirty, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, but yeah, back to uh, Steiner and DDP. So yeah, so apparently um, Steiner was supposed to do a uh, promo on Flair. Okay, and then for no reason, like started trashing Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, uh, WW in like 2001, even though it was like bad, uh, you know, TV in regards to like, you know, the competition, it was some like M's there. Like, cause it was, it was the bustiness level was like at like a all time high. <laughs> oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, between, like you said, between like Steiner talking about like Pipe, uh, not Pipe, but um, Flair's yellow teeth and had more right. wrinkles than Champagne Puppy. And then like, <laughs> We got like Stevie Ray on commentary. You know, suckers need to know. Uh, yes, it, it was like oh, classic was, stuff. Yeah, then you had like Mike Awesome as like the fat chick thriller, which was so weird, uh, right? <laughs> then, oh, but then you had some highlights. You had like the whole New Blood, uh, you know, situation. With very uh, underrated. Was that yes? Very underrated group. Yeah, uh, Filthy Animals with Ray Mysterio, you know, Unmasked Ray and uh, Billy Kidman. Uh, yeah. Booker, Booker T was world champ. Um, yeah, 
that Jeff Jarrett running around calling people slap nuts. Yeah, I never got the that whole slap nuts thing. I, that made no sense to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think they just enjoyed cool. saying saying that word. But again, that's a Russo thing. I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, but speaking of um, Jarrett, you had that whole. Did they ever? Didn't Hogan sue when um he when Jared uh flopped for him uh and Nitro for the Booker yes. T got and that was like a whole giant shoot over there. Was that a work like on some like ninety seven step adversary type of tip? Well, I, I don't. I mean, I guess is it a work that turned into a shoot because the lawsuit was real, right? And the lawsuit was what. Uh, defamation was it? Yeah, defamation of character. Character, but so, but like, how the defamation of character? If yeah, like your on-screen persona is being talked bad against uh, with another on-screen persona, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the fans don't know no difference. So we're just thinking it's a show. So how's the defamation? Well, the the argument could be made: the fans don't know the difference, and they're, they're but, like, "Well, you're Hulk Hogan, and you're you know." They're, they're saying you did this thing and treating it like it's a shoot and you know saying right. like oh this is not part of the show oh meanwhile yeah yeah that's true it's just okay it's very yeah it's just, it's just strange how it all went down uh especially too like if you're book a t like do you and, and the, it's funny too because like i don't know if you uh remember remember there was like a lawsuit with the minority uh performers with wcw yes so that was filed, uh, and like they were saying, I, I forget what if I read it or if they were saying like at an interview that the reason why Booker T got that belt was to quell that whole lawsuit to say, oh no, that's not true because look, we got you know Booker T as a world champion. Oh, that's uh, so I was, yeah, so I was thinking like that that might have like some like reverence behind that because it, like they would have lost a lot of money if that was. Uh, the case because I think like even Ernest Miller was on the lawsuit. Um, so, that's nice, Naki. But what was the um, the Asian manager uh, that um, Sonny Siaki? No, Sonny I thought Ono? that was the yeah Sonny Ono. Yeah, cause I was say Sonny yeah. Naki's like is like Samoan. He came later. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in the lawsuit. I, I think I want to say Stevie Ray uh, was in that. I'm not. I think you're right. Sure. Um, and I think that's yeah, why he never went to WWE after the uh, thing because he was still involved in that lawsuit. It wasn't because he was just much older and nursing injuries? I think it had to do with the lawsuit. I could be wrong. Okay. But, yeah, because right when the lawsuit was dropped, that's when Book, you know, Booker T got the, the bell. So it, it was sort of weird. But like I said, WCW in 2000, 2001 was, was an interesting time. That, yeah, right. <clears throat> Speaking of Booker T... Of- um, so I watched a video the other day. Uh, yep. remember when he was using the Harlem hangover for a finisher? That was a good, yeah, that was a great finisher. It was, um, flip leg drop, correct? Yeah, except yeah. he was landing on a lot of people's heads, that's why he had to stop using it. Really? Yeah, he didn't have much control. Nah, I don't believe that. I, I felt like he was hitting people's torsos. No, nah, I watched a video on it. Like, they talked about it, and it was like, yeah, that's why he had to say, and they showed like clips like of him like landing on people's heads. Really? It was yeah. just like once or twice? No, they had like at least six. He was using the finisher for at least a, a year or so, right? I feel like it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, That's all crazy. Right? And then a funny thing to me, I was at a uh, 
Oh, um, I was on a podcast last night, funny enough, called The Three Count. Hilarious. Right? Um, <laughs> and on that, uh, the guy was telling me about a guy calling a match, and he, he called a move the bookend. And I was like, he didn't call it the rock bottom, he called it the bookend? And he's like, yeah, he called it the bookend. And I'm like, interesting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so after the Harlem Hangover, I know he, you know, the bookend was later, his finisher, but... How much time in between did, did he go from the Harlem Hangover to the bookend? Um, I don't know. Okay, I don't. All right. And yeah, um, I feel like the bookend didn't come until he became like that kind of rock light version of Booker T. <laughs> and when he was in the uh, WWE, was the 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 axle kick his his finisher? At the, at the uh. I believe so, yes. Okay, because I don't remember seeing the book in too much after. No. I think he had Stone Cold doing that too during the, um, I forget what paper. Invasion? Yeah, he like, he like broke his hand or something like that. And I think Stone Cold mentioned that in a, uh, his podcast that he had to give him a receipt for that. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got to be careful with your fin- Didn't he also have a missile drop kick as a finisher too? I think that was in WCW. Right, 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 but that was that was his finish. Maybe right? that maybe that came after the Harlem Hangover. Okay, so all right, I so when was, but, all right, so Harlem Heat did ta- as a tag team. What was their finisher? That I don't remember. Did they have a, a finisher? Finisher? They had to have Harlem Heat tag team finisher. I'm like, yeah, they had to have had one. I remember the Heat Seeker. The Heat Seeker. Uh, what that entail? Oh, interesting. Um, Stevie Ray would have the opponent on his shoulders, and Booker T would do a missile drop kick. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and then book it, uh then CB Ray's finish as a solo was a slapjack. Yes. <laughs> uh, but for all okay. the yaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like hey, WCW. Strange. <laughs> Funny things, their beat um their B show, Thunder actually was uh towards the end was getting some uh, momentum behind it. Like they had some decent uh, matches on that on Thunder. Yeah. Oh wow! I just watched video of uh, the Heat Seeker. Definitely check it out. It's the Doomsday Device, but with a drop kick. What look more impactful, the Doomsday or the Heat Seeker? I'm gonna say the Doomsday Device on a jobber, because I mean they would take those guys' heads off. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you were enhancement talent during that time, would you have taken that 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 uh, move, or would you have your teammate uh, take it? If I could avoid it, I'd avoid it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you fall. Correctly, it shouldn't, you know, be too impactful. I mean, if you, well, two things. It's still going to be impactful, <laughs> period. Um, regardless of falling correctly or not, but also you're, you're being flung with such, you know, velocity that it's very easy to <laughs> fall incorrectly. I was going to say, where you think mostly the the stiffness came from? Hawk's clothesline or animal tossing you behind his back? Um, probably Hawk's clothesline. Oh, okay. An animal just not caring and just being like, all right, you're off now. <laughs> he was really trying to decapitate guys. Yeah, like Hawk was like, 
heat seeking. But is there a way that you can protect yourself while he was gonna go super stiff on that move? No, you're completely at, at their whim, like. Like even if you like lift up your torso so they get more of your shoulder blade than your neck. I mean, he's he's the one aiming though, so you can lift lift yourself up. But he's, you know. Yeah, like right when he when he when he about to make impact, you just brace yourself and lift, you know stand not stand up straight, but straighten up, I guess. I mean, as best you can, but like, nah, he's he, he's aiming it and he's coming at you. Like, so he has more control of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I guess that's why you don't see too many tag teams use the Doomsday device. I, I guess a lot of folks be like, nah, I ain't, I ain't taking that. Would you take that oh, in? Yeah, the end? No. But tag team be like, yeah, that's not finishing. Um, if I can avoid it, I'd probably avoid it. <laughs> And it's funny because, uh, you know, my team, the Fellowship, our move was similar to the Doomsday Device. Uh, our move, the nail in the cross, it was uh, my partner, Ronnie, would hold you up in the razor's edge. Yeah. And I'd come off with the clothesline. But the difference is he's bringing you down with the razor's edge. So, like, I'm not really, like, nailing you with a clothesline too hard and you're not okay. falling from up high. Okay. He's, he's bringing you down. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> So yeah, so we all three of us land at the exact same time. Okay, all right. Oh man, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we are so far away from elimination <laughs> chamber. Where's far? Where's far as that to Australia is to us right now? Seriously, um, so, so far you can't get around it. We might- a cliff notes version of it but if you want to uh bring up the uh res- results of this past week's premium live event yes uh elimination chamber perf known as no escape in germany uh <laughs> let's see <laughs> pre-show um was the kabuki warriors the women's tag team champions oscar and Kyrie sane Asuka. Uh, Yes, uh, they defended the championship against Candice LeRae and Australian native Indy Hartwell. Okay, okay. <clears throat> what did you think of the match? Uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, same here. Okay, so cool. Yeah, so we're going Cliff Notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So the event opened up with the women's elimination chamber match. Um, started off between Becky Lynch and Naomi, uh, and then uh. Tiffany Stratton, followed by Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Bianca Belair. Bianca! The greatest. Baddest. She needs a uh, show enough thing like am I the baddest? Bianca! So would you you say that to uh, (laughs) would you say that to Charlotte's face? Um... I I would tell Charlotte that her time uh, she she is still the queen, but but Bianca is nipping at her heels like Snow White. Hey, would she ever get the same title run that Charlotte would, or no? I I would think so, especially like she's got the reality show and everything. Like, but she's only won the title once, correct? The Raw Women's Champion. How many numbers? Oh, like 12? I don't know, man. That's... 
Yeah, I don't know that Bianca catches up number-wise, but I think Bianca yeah. has, like, some good line. I mean, hell, her first title reign was almost a year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Could, I was going to say, could the... And we'll go back to the, the women's elimination chamber, but could a woman... On the women's side, can they have a lengthy title run similar to Roman or uh, Gunther Gunther's? I think so, and I think they should do it with Rhea. And make it. Uh, I and think make it's important. It. Yeah, um, I think it's important she beats Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Uh, but which uh, which title would you want her to have a lengthy run with? With the Raw or SmackDown Women Champ? <laughs> well, Rhea's the what is Rhea? She's the SmackDown Champ. Right? Yeah, 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 but I want to show her if. No, she's the Raw Women's Champ. Raw Women's Champ, but is the SmackDown? <laughs> which one has more? You know how like the the one that said, I don't think there's more prestige on either okay. of the women's belts. I, I feel like the lineage is too confusing. Okay, okay. So really, it's just about who is the champion at the time, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I think Rhea Ripley. Um, she she needs a long run with that right now. Give that to nice. her. Nice. All right. Yeah, uh, like she is so over. All right, all right. Um, yeah, so continuing on. Um, so, yeah, so uh, the final elimination of the match was uh, Becky Lynch hitting a manhandle slam on Liv Morgan uh, for the pin. And to now she will be going on to, well, I guess we've already left the cat out of the bag. We yeah. uh, <laughs> put the horse before the cart, if you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, she will be going on to WrestleMania to face Rhea Ripley. Who uh, you think she'll get booed heavily um, in Philly? I think they're both going to get cheered. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I think that's going to be a both these guys kind of match. Okay. But uh, speaking of kind of match, the next match was a. Um, tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship uh, as the team of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest defended their belts against the team of the New Catch Republic uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate Yeah, what do you think of the new tag tandem? The Brits uh, I dig it um, It's a uh, throwback to uh, NXT UK um, and I'm glad that Pete Dunn gets to be Pete Dunn again and gets to wrestle like Pete Dunn again. Yeah, you didn't like him as like the, the scrappy um, third guy in the um, Brawling Brutes? I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Okay. I think I liked it more than a lot of other people, in fact. Um, yeah, I, I thought he worked it well. He was like also off the chain with compared with Sheamus and um, yes. McIntyre. It was almost like a scrappy do kind of thing. Exactly. Um, That's so. Yeah, I don't know why they. Uh, yeah, but I guess they got. See, I'm a fan of like long term characters. Like when you're flip flopping different like scenarios for your characters, I sort of lose interest. And uh, repeat that. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm a big fan of the long lasting characters uh, in regards to their their. their their character uh, development instead of them changing different gimmicks every other year. Uh, I, so, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, loses my my attention. But with that said, I think Pete Dunne has more um, depth and lasting ability than Butch. Okay. All right. 
Okay. But with this tag team with him and Tyler, though, like still two different personalities. So this is going to be, I feel like, another short. Oh, it's an odd. Yeah, yeah. It's not meant to be long. I, I assume it to be a repeat of what they did at NXT UK in the land of them feuding. Um, yeah. I assume the same thing with DIY at some point, uh, Ciampa and Gargano. Yeah. Wait, I thought, hold on. I thought Gargano, oh no, I'm thinking of, uh, what's his face from Undisputed? I was like, I thought he was at AEW, but. Oh, Adam Cole. No, not Adam Cole. Roger Strong. Uh, Roger Strong. Yeah, I was thinking of him for a second when you said Gargano. I I pictured his face on on his body. That's really funny. Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Um, All right. Uh, but yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh, so that match. Uh, um, uh, who's out there? Opponents? Tag match? Uh, tag <laughs> Judgment Day. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Against New Cash Republic. And uh, that match ended when Priest hit a double South of Heaven chokeslam on both uh, Dunn and Bait. And then Balor performed the coup de gras on Dunn de gras. for the one, two, three. How do you take that? Um, you tense your abs and you bring your body up like an inch off the mat right before he connects. Okay. Um, and ideally, he connects and kind of jumps off of you uh, okay. or slides off of you, uh, depending, and you go down. And that's why you want to give yourself that little inch to you know, kind of account for anything going wrong. <laughs> Have you ever taken those before? Um, I'm trying to think about that. I'm like, I've taken the Meteora a number of times, but I'm trying to think if I've taken a coup de gras. Yes, I have taken a coup de gras once. Uh, how how was it when you took it? It was it was fine. Um, I don't remember who gave it to me, but I remember being really nervous about it going into it. <laughs> um, and then it ended up being fine. I feel like it might have been either like Mike Montero, uh, or Kellen. Riot, Kellen uh, Thomas, one of those guys, I feel like it might have been. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. And that's why I was okay with taking it. I'm like, oh, it's someone that's good. And I, I'm like, oh, I know they do it all the time. But, you know, I was still nervous going into it. I had not taken it before. And it's one of those things where it's like things can easily go wrong with that move. Exactly. You uh, give up, you you put up whatever you ate that early in that breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not, yeah right uh, so following that match was uh, the Grayson Waller effect uh, hosted by Grayson Waller with special guests uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins you a fan of Grayson? no <laughs> what is it the look? Uh, is the I don't accent? know what it is like I haven't been able to get into him really yeah, gravitate towards his character. Well, what do you think of his in-ring ability? Um, nothing special. Okay. No offense to him, just yeah. Um, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten into him. What about yourself? Same effect, but I saw him a lot in NXT, so I I really didn't like gravitate. And like, is it wardrobe so weird? It's like like boxing shorts uh, with like the gloves yeah. I was like I don't know what to make of this but yeah cause yeah. he's not a boxer like and yeah uh, I mean you know he got he got personality I'll give him that yeah yeah 
Um, might need to put some more size on uh, to, you know, look like he, you know, runs with the big boys. But yeah, he's still young, so you know what I mean. No, for sure, for sure. So there's definitely time. Yeah. And uh, but yes, uh, so the big news from this is Cody Rhodes challenged Rock to a uh, match, and uh, Seth Rollins stated he was medically cleared to wrestle. So. He does hold on. So what happened to his whole I wanna finish my story. He Rock don't have no belt. Um I, I don't know. I <laughs> guess uh well I guess that, that match doesn't have to be at WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's the next premium live event. Yeah, so maybe he wants Rock after. Maybe he's gonna defend his belt after uh taking on Roman is his thought. Maybe he's like, Oh, I'll take on Roman, beat him, and then I'll I'll take you on and beat you and I'll be the ultimate champ. It's gonna be interesting because I was watching a clip of the Rock uh walking. It was like him, Roman and you know, Paul Hammond uh, walking to the ring to, you know, get ready for mania. And the way he's walking, I'm like, that's old man walking. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's, not, like, it's not smooth, like it's not a continuous stride. It's like, not like a limp, but like, it, that's like, oh, it's very stiff. So I'm like, I don't know how, how he's got to, I don't know what his condition for the rent is going to be. Because if it's like, if his movement's like that, like more robotic, I don't know. No, I feel you. Um, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, he might have that thing where, uh, and I know a few wrestlers with this. I know them personally, where they walk around with the old man walk, but then like they get in yep. the ring and they're fine. Oh, you think just you just need the their joints just need to loosen up basically? Get yeah, the cobwebs yeah. out. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So But he's so might be. like his agility obviously is not that of like ten years ago because he's so Oh top yeah, head. we're not gonna see like, you know, the, the spinning DDT um or anything. Nipple. It's gonna be clotheslines, punches. Okay. Uh, and, and rock bottom, people's elbow and, and that that'll be the extent of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Now looking back, when he was doing his like, you know, kick up thing after the DDT, that's very, you know, very agile for a guy his size. Definitely. Definitely. And he, was, he was very athletic back in the yeah. day. And I don't think he used his hands. I think that was like all, I don't know, neck or. Yeah. So, so I don't remember him like using his like hands to push up on. No, and I don't know if you remember in the Rocky Maivia days, he used to do the double um, leapfrog. What do you mean double leapfrog? So he would, the, the guy would run at him, he would leap up, and then the guy would run back, and, you know, the guy would be to the rock's back, and the rock would leap up, and the guy would run under. And then the rock oh. would hit him with a drop kick. Oh, okay. Way back. Yeah. I do not recall. I don't remember him ever doing a drop kick. That would sort of be hilarious. But, yeah, Rocky uh, my via days, man. That was his, that was his gem. So, so you think now... Drop down, leapfrog, leapfrog, drop kick. So you think this mania will just get the five moves of doom? I think at best, yeah. Okay. Especially he doesn't want to get hurt. Like that's the other thing too. Like true, true. But you know you can't really prevent that a hundred percent. You know, every anything can like didn't he tear like uh, his abdominal not too long ago in the match? Well, that was the John Cena match. Yeah, that was his yeah. last. Yeah, exactly. So not everything's like a hundred percent guaranteed. No, for sure. But the less you do, probably the the less risk. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll be interested in come this Friday what what they'll do um, in regards to that. Yeah, it will be, be interesting to see. Um, yep. 
you know, especially we've now seen that, uh, you know, the bloodline, they are, uh, they are running strong. They, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched this week's Raw yet. Uh, the only thing with this bloodline situation, like, it's just, they did it too rushed. Like, it, it, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was moving in that direction, but they, like, sort of did hopscotch with it. They were like, all right, we're going to jump 50, you know, steps into final form and just go from there. <laughs> no, I feel you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. The The rumor is uh, Tama Tonga um, has signed with WWE. Nice. Um, that's the rumor going around today. So I'm like, he could easily get involved in the bloodline. It's going to be hilarious. Like, come, like, I'm going to give it like, it'll be, in like 20 years. Like, so when we're in our 60s, it'll be this WWE just be all Samoans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> there'll become a time imagine? when, like, the roster wasn't all Samoans. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? It'd be wild. <laughs> they were sort of leaning towards that direction. And they'd be like, and then at that point, they could really say wrestling has only one royal family. Yeah, right. Like, oh my goodness. And then, it, and then, like, people who aren't Samoan, they'll just be like play cousins of someone's, like, you know, similar, like, <laughs> they'll just like marry into the family. Uh, right. You know, because it's funny, uh, not um, with Naomi, but like, I, I didn't know, um, but um, Gary Albright, I guess, married into the Samoan family as well. Really? Yeah, he was like a big time wrestler over in Japan uh, as a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. But he married uh, uh, one of them over there. Uh, Interesting. But, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so basically, you need to uh, to get into the, the, the business is to either be Samoan or marry a Samoan person. <laughs> so there's golden. Right? Like, Seriously. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so yes, after this segment. <laughs> After this segment was the men's elimination chamber match, um, featuring Drew McIntyre, yep. L.A. Knight, yeah, nope, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, and Logan Paul. I was happy with the winner. Uh, it was rightfully so. Um, did you see any highlights that? You were like, oh, that's something different I see at an at a EC uh, event before. Um, I have not yet seen the highlights either. Um, but okay. go ahead and say say what you saw. That that was cool. Well, I don't want to spoil the, the event for the match for you. And, well, I know who won. I know Drew oh, McIntyre won. That was like, I was, yeah, I was just saying with McIntyre. Yeah, but no, that's why. I was, but no, for me, I didn't really, it was just a standard elimination chamber. So, I, I, you know, the regular spots. It wasn't like the What was the Was it last year that had... Uh, it had like Ricochet and um, uh, I think even Logan Paul was in it and like uh, nah, Shel- Logan Paul wasn't in it. That was it. That was an elimination chamber. No, nah, because this was Logan Paul's first elimination chamber. Yeah, so what was the one that? Why well, I felt like it was like a cage match. Okay, but because I remember Ricochet doing like the Spider Man thing, and then maybe yeah, maybe Logan Paul was in there, and then like was Sheldon Benjamin in it? Um. I doubt, that's funny. I'm like, I doubt Shelton would have been in a, a recent elimination chamber, and I kind of doubt Ricochet would have been in it too, because usually the winner gets a shot at the title. Ah, uh, no, see. I'm not, not Ricochet. Uh, Montez. Okay, yeah, Montez yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah. That was last year's. 
That was yeah, yeah, that was yeah. All right, no, I don't, yes. I don't know why I had so, so I don't know why I had Ricochet. Uh, that's when we all thought uh, he was about to get that big singles push. Yes, yes, yeah. Could we? Yeah, could we? Like, oh, uh, he's about to leave Dawson. Yes, uh, yep. And speaking of those two, uh, what do you think with him, them, and Bobby? I like it. Um, their gear looks a lot better. Dawson looks a lot better. Um, okay. Dawson's really stepped his game up a lot. Um, I think he he kind of saw writing on the wall and was like, "All right, let me not be the Janetti here." Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I like them as a group. Okay, uh, I think they're cool. All right. So um, yeah, so moving on forward. Um, yeah, I haven't seen this week's Raw um, and SmackDown being two days. So I guess I'll just do a two show for that day Raw and SmackDown to catch up, but. Uh, they'll probably start painting a more clear picture of what Mania will look like in a month or so. I feel you on that. Yeah, I uh, I intend to watch Raw uh, tomorrow, um, and then yeah, catch SmackDown Friday night. So we'll see how all that goes. But yeah, I think they'll be painting a, a clearer picture um, heading into Mania for sure. You got to figure yep. there's like uh, what are we at? Probably a month away now. Yeah, because at first they. Yeah, first it was it was they saying oh Cody versus Roman. Now now they're saying Cody versus Rock. So we need some sort of like solid answer going into this. You know, oh definitely. Flippy flopping back and forth. But it might be flippy flopping back and forth between now and then, um, just to make it interesting and to be like, well, what will the match be? What is going to happen? And would that make it interesting? Would it be a tag match? Would it be a tag match? Yeah, that's true. That is true. yeah, but I if it's a tag that. match, then what what does Drew McIntyre get? Say? Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'd be curious to know if if Rock is training with um uh Kurt Sen- Kurt Henningson again. Um, what was his name? Curtis. Oh, Axel. Um, Curtis Axel. Yeah, because I know he trained with him before a while ago. But I'm curious to know who's helping him run the ropes. I'd be willing to bet it's um oh what's his name. No, I can't think of his name. Um, he had a thing with Brian Danielson uh, for a period. He hasn't been on TV in a while, I think, um, unless he had been on NXT. Uh, but he's like a technical wrestler. Um, he wears like a boxing robe to the ring. Um, he's got a beard. <sighs> Did he fight Dan, uh, Brian in AEW or WWE? No, in WWE. Okay, boxing ring, boxing rope, uh, rope, beard. Yeah, uh, big guy, small guy, no, small guy, real small guy, small guy. So he was like Mick Carter. What yeah. year are we talking about when he had the program with uh, Brian Daniels? Um, probably like 2018, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I can't. Uh, in uh, I want to say it's like Joe something. Ah, oh, this is gonna bother me now. Um. And listeners, uh, uh, if, you, if you know who I'm talking about, feel free to write us and let us know. Did he have a gimmick name, like a cartoony name, or was it like a real? No, it was like a it was like a real name. Yeah, it was like a real name. That's what I'm like. I feel like it was like Joe something. Joe something. Oh wait, no, and I'm thinking like uh, Oni Locker and something like that, but uh... not him. But but you're thinking of the right time period and right type of people. Okay, <laughs> is this an <laughs> Brian Danielson? No, um, it was on the main roster. Okay, um, 
it was like the only thing this guy did on the main roster. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not um alright. Alright, so did he ever wrestle like on like live two oh five or main event? Yes, yes. Um okay. I, I feel like it was on two oh five a good amount. Okay, alright, well that helps a little bit. Um and it wasn't um what's his face? Uh Rhea Ripley's husband, right? No, not not Buddy Murphy. Okay. Um uh and was it that Tony guy that um He's in AEW, or he wasn't. Uh, I don't know if he's still in AEW, but uh, then I'm gonna say no because this guy's okay. never been in AEW. Okay. Yeah, what boxer had a role? Uh, I know that like Tyler Bateman did, uh, but he's British. Oh, it's gonna bother me because I'm like, oh, he helped someone else yeah, train. For yeah, for like next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, John Blanks on that. Uh, somebody come. Oh wait, wait. Uh, Drew G- Gulak. Gulak. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Joe Drew. But yes, Drew Gulak. <laughs> Great. Wow. Way to pull that one out of the right field. That was. Oh, that was. That was the last one of the, the two, live two hundred five guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he is a trainer too, right? For, yeah. For, okay. Yeah, um, and, and he helped out some other people with their return, so that's why I'm like, oh, probably him. Yeah, no, nah, I think about is he even on the roster anymore? Um, I don't. He's never been released, as far as I know. Okay. So, but but he hasn't been on TV in forever. Yeah, I was gonna say I just uh, speaking of not being released, but um, I didn't know because I guess he hasn't been on TV due to injury. Was um, uh, Bobby Roode? Uh, yeah. He had a, uh, I guess, Bad like neck, neck injury. Uh, yes. Like his like vertebrae, like C five, C six, like all the ones he was like uh, naming, like got badly damaged to the point where he was getting uh, atrophy in one of his arms. Uh, and yeah, he's now you know doing backstage stuff, but he said he has been cleared, but like now he's just like taking his time because you know obviously neck injuries ain't nothing you want to mess with, and especially when you're losing. You know, um, feeling in your your extremities. Um, oh, for sure. You mentioned like he got nervous about because you know we all saw what happened to um, Paul uh, Orndorff's uh, arm. Yes, yep. The act with the pinched nerve and the atrophy, which is crazy. That that was scared me too. If I started uh, having that situation, I'm like, yeah, we gotta get this fixed. <laughs> big time, big time. You know, especially in in wrestling, where like a you have to. You know your your body somewhat sells as well, and you need the strength to pull off those moves. Yes, yep. So no, it's scary, and I mean just you know life in general when you start talking next stuff. Like, yeah, no, it's funny. I thought I wasn't like huge on his whole glorious gimmick, but when he was in TNA as Beer Money Inc. Uh, with uh, yeah, with James Storm. Yeah, I was like that. Could, it was a nice throwback to like the old school tag tandem, but like, you know, they they can they can go. I was just surprised yeah. that it really didn't get as big as this. Maybe like, but then again, it was TNA, so maybe they couldn't, you know, project them correctly. But yeah. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's too bad they never got a chance to wrestle as a tag team in WWE because uh, yeah. it would have been interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, if, and if they were during the same time, then add to error against like the acolytes uh, or APA when they had their whole you know security. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that'd been a good program. Yeah, right. Definitely Big E approved. Definitely, definitely. 
Well, I don't know. Beer money, they're not that big, though. I mean, James Storms ain't little, and, you know, Bobby Roode is, you know, cut up. Yeah, but, yeah, bigger than, I don't not, know. Bigger than the Bucks. <laughs> well, that's not saying a lot. I'm bigger than the Bucks. <laughs> uh, man. So, yeah, what, what, what oh. is an AEW world? Yeah, um, before I get to AEW world, um, uh, last night, a... Uh, return was made to nxt um this and this will transition well into aew world because it was a uh wrestler that was in aew previously and who was that the uh perfect 10 sean spears really yes okay okay um i didn't know he uh uh got his walking papers with uh, aew yeah, probably the the you know usual probably contract silently ran out as yep. usually is the case over there, um, and yeah, it looks like he's going to be actually doing his AEW gimmick in NXT. And what was that? Uh, he was the chairman, um, like in the parking. So would... <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, and so yeah, he'd like attack people with chairs, and like he he had like a kind of mysterious thing about him, and that's what he did last night. Pack somebody so with a chair in the dark. Like. He basically stole the Parker's gimmick. A um, little different, but you know aspects of it. Okay, all right. And uh, so, take kind to that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure if there was a real problem, the Parker would handle it. This is true. He is the chairman of the board. Yes. I was getting confused because one of like the Leparkas passed away, but it was it wasn't the WCW one. I guess it was like the AAA. It was like Park. LA Park, right? Or yeah, I, I, yeah. Or is this the other way around? I forget now. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, because somebody has like name copyright, and, but right. like, I don't know. But yeah, I was getting confused. So whichever people, one, yeah, not the WCW one though. I think even people on like social media, I think when they heard the news, they thought it was the. The, you know the WCW one, so you had like all these like these tribute, um, you know, clips, uh, but it wasn't it was for the wrong Laparca. Yes. That, granted, the other one, you know, you know, condolences to him and his family that you know passed, but like everybody was like, oh, for sure. Oh. But it's funny because no. as a kid, like Laparca wasn't really that like. Everybody <laughs> was like, play to us, but he somehow like became a mythic like legend somehow, some way. <laughs> right. Because he'd do the Charleston. He'd do the Charleston. Yeah, the dance. Oh yeah, yeah with the chair. Yep. And he always always would come down to Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Yep. Which I guess they can get past in that in Mexico. Um, they can use copyright music apparently. I think so. Yeah. I mean, hey, Mexico's wild, you know. <laughs> Did you ever um, venture out there for any matches? Not for matches, no. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Okay. But uh yeah, so are you stoked for Sean Spears' return? Um, I think it's interesting. Uh so I'm curious to see you know what it leads to, where it goes. Okay. Wasn't um, something Michaels didn't wasn't he supposed to come to did his contract into something? Michaels? Like um he was in AEW. Uh Quentin Michael, oh, not Quentin Michaels. Um, Q QT Michaels. Oh, QT Marshall. Marshall, yeah. Then uh, it happened too. So he's back now. Um, so yeah, he had asked for his release, got it, um, and then after two months away, he has returned. 
However, not in an on-air role, uh, only backstage. So what do you think happened with that? From the sounds of it, um, and from what people were saying at the time, uh, he wanted to wrestle. AEW didn't really see him much as a wrestler. Okay. Um, And so he asked for his release, I think, to kind of test out the waters. And I think he was kind of hoping his connection with Cody would uh, bode well for him going into WWE. But it sounds like it did not. Now, is he a work? Like, can he go or is he mid? Um, he's very technically sound. Uh, okay. I don't want to say anything bad about him. Um, so I will say he's very technically speak sound. Your, speak your piece. Speak your piece. <laughs> nah, nah. I, I'll just say he's very technically sound. He's a great trainer. But uh, I think there's probably a reason why, you know, after two months of testing out the free agency market, he returned to AEW in a non-wrestling role. How does he look? Like, does he look like a wrestler? Um, I mean, I haven't seen him recently, but I mean, previously, he's not ripped and he's not huge. Okay. All right. So, you know, um, I think, you know, he, he looks like a throwback kind of wrestler. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, we'll get into our magic hour soon. So um, if you want to let the fans know where you will be uh, in action for uh, going into my month of uh, March. Yeah, um, so we've got this coming weekend, Saturday, March 2nd, Proving Ground uh, Wrestling will be at the Knights of Columbus and Peabody. Um it's going to be a great night of action. Yours truly will be taking on Joey Warner in a singles match where uh, if I win, then I get uh, five minutes alone in the ring with Delilah uh, after the match. Well, as long as make sure she doesn't cut your hair. Uh, indeed. Oh, believe me. Believe me, she won't be touching my hair. If I get five minutes alone with her, it's going to be me doing all the cutting and strutting, if you know what I'm saying. Who's <laughs> your strength? And uh, no, absolutely. I'm not going to let that happen. So. <laughs> I was doing some, some, th- some, some biblical. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I dig it. I dig it. But no, I'll be holding on to those pillars. I'll be holding on to my hair. <laughs> Break the walls down. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a good song. Uh, oh, don't uh, in, in next week, NCW and Dead on Mass. Yes, next week, uh, Friday, March eighth, NCW makes their uh, long-awaited return. Um, as many people know, they run seasonally, so this will be the first show of the season, um, and. Uh, should be a good good big night uh, of action indeed so indeed indeed but yeah on that note um no water to or we just gotta leave the warriors message from earlier uh we're gonna leave it as the warriors message from earlier okay uh, i think that's uh that's a good good message to go out on okay and uh because because we should all live the way of the warrior to an extent, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna chew my, chew my food uh, like you said. What like two times faster? The calories. It's a little excessive. That, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh wow! Um, there's a Warrior wine by WWE. Really? Like his like branded of wine? 
Yeah. You oh. like it's available now on wwewines.com. You might have to uh, get a bottle just for the culture. Is it red or white? Uh, let's see. It's a Zinfandel, so it's red. Okay. Yeah, so you know what you guys to do. <clears throat> <laughs> Interesting. All right. So I, I love the uh, descriptions. Ultimate Warrior's power to make the skies rumble and earth shake like no force of nature ever seen before inspired the wine team to create a powerful and flavored Zinfandel while utilizing a low-to-the-ground, rugged, growler-style bottle. The Ultimate Warrior wine feature. What's that? I say I believe it. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it features a rich and dark 80% Zinfandel and 20% Sangovese blend from the north coast of California. Each individually numbered bottle also features one of three unique corks produced with different images and sayings from the warrior himself. Each bottle is hand-filled and expertly hand-waxed, dipped, using the Ultimate Warrior's signature bright neon colors. Huh. I might have to so, yeah, buy these a things bottle are, uh, for, my, for my parents. Be like, yeah, <laughs> right? Things are dipped and waxed like Maker's wine. Mark. Okay. All right. <clears throat> That's all weird that I've, I've never heard until now. Like, you would think they would, like, market that on the website or something, like, or, like, on advertisements. Like, oh, Ultimate Warrior Wine. At the, the, yeah, pro, right. at the WWE Pro Shop or something. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm like, now I'm looking up the website itself, wwewines.com, because I'm like, that makes me think they've got multiple wines. Of different uh, performance? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right, well, uh, if you want to take us out on this nice uh, wet Wednesday. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> yeah y'all could be anywhere in the world right now but you're here you're listening to us and for that we greatly appreciate you uh we hope y'all had a good week day month even your year we'll be there for you every day except for when we're not with another rousing edition of before the three count 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 one two three bring bring bring